How's everybody? Are y'all fired up to be here? How many having a good start to the new year? Oh. <laughs> Did y'all hear what I heard? How many know that we are not circumstantial Christians? Circumstances don't matter to us as Christians, correct? We're not situational Christians. Well, our faith is not based on situation or circumstance. Our faith is based on the sovereignty of God. Amen? So with that in mind, how many are having a great start to the new year? Amen. Amen. My name is Scott Turner, and I'm so happy to be here. And I love Pastor Connor, uh, and he's a man of God, and he's a great leader. And I uh, counted the privilege to share this morning at the pulpit. Uh, but I pray that God will go before me and that you will see him and hear him. Uh, and I'm just a vessel uh, to bring forth his word. Amen. Amen. Have y'all ever had a conversation uh, or been in a conversation, and it's like a real serious one. A lot of details. And you're sharing with somebody, and you're talking to them. And they're looking at you right in your eyes. But you know deep down in your heart, they are not paying attention to you. <laughs> Has anybody ever been there before? You're talking to them, they're like, yeah, uh-huh, ooh, Wow. You can say, man, I just fell down the stairs and broke my arm. Oh, that is so good. <laughs> They're not paying attention. And some of us, I know I have, I've been on the other side of that. I used to serve in the Texas House of Representatives, and I consider it a great privilege and an honor to serve the people of Texas, even right here in Prosper. And we would have meetings during session. And my chief of staff, I love her. Her name is Deanna. She would set up meetings like six or seven or eight in a row every 30 minutes. People would come in to meet and to tell you about their legislative priorities or their commitments or what they wanted to see happen. And I always wanted to do a good job of paying attention to the people that came to my office as they were speaking to me to be intent, to be present. Not just to be there, but to be present and listen to what they were saying. But about that seventh or eighth meeting in a row. And about the first 40 seconds of that last meeting, I found myself just drifting. I'm looking at them. I'm there, but I'm not present. And I remember asking Deanna, Deanna, can you please uh, uh, brief me on that last meeting? Because I wasn't really paying attention. And I'm ashamed to say that, but I'm real. We, we, we have to pay attention. We can't just be here. We have to be present. And paying attention is something that is so important. And I looked up this word attention in, in Webster's 1828 dictionary. If you don't have a Noah Webster 1828 dictionary, I would encourage you to get one. Noah Webster was a tremendous Christian who took all of the English words, defined them for the American students. So in church, in home, and business, we had the word of God. It was a biblical foundation to the definition of words. Noah's 1828 dictionary. Get you one. He defined attention, the act of attending or heeding. The act of attending or heeding, the due application of the ear to sound and the mind to objects presented to its contemplation. The act of attending to or heeding to, 
the application of your ears to sound and your minds to objects for contemplation. Literally, he was saying it is a stretching towards, a stretching of our mind towards objects for contemplation, a stretching of our ears towards sounds that we hear. And all of us can agree that in this day and age, there are so many distractions. Can I get an amen from anybody? We're distracted by our phones, we're distracted by email, we're distracted by social media, we're distracted by noise, we're distracted by, uh, by, by, by kids, no, not kids, I'm just playing. We're distracted, you know, by people interrupting what we're doing. So many distractions, distracted by busyness. I read a quote from this guy, his name is Michael Zigalieri. He's a um, professor at Messiah University in Pennsylvania. He did a five-year study of 20,000 Christians in the United States. And he identified it as busyness is the number one distraction from life with God. And it says this, it may be the case that Christians are assimilating to a culture of busyness, hurry, and overload, which leads to God becoming more marginalized in Christians' lives, which leads to a deteriorating relationship with God, which leads to Christians becoming even more vulnerable to adopting secular assumptions about how we should live, which leads to more conformity to a culture of busyness, hurry, and overload, and then the cycle starts and begins all over again. Does this sound familiar to anybody? It's very convicting because we can all be busy. We can all have distractions in our life. And I think this busyness and this lack of focus is causing us as believers, as the people of God, to miss what God is doing because we are not literally paying careful attention. We're not stretching toward the heart and the mind of God. Everybody in here under the sound of my voice, we all need to pay more attention to what God is doing in and around you and I. Now, this takes a certain amount of focus and discipline, especially with our time. And I believe that God does care about what we do with our time. Do you? I believe he cares about what we do with the time that he's given us. And as we start this new year, this is a focus of mine personally of paying attention and concentrating on what the Lord is doing and being focused and disciplined. The title of our message is, Are You Paying Attention? Turn to Ephesians chapter 5, verse 15. Ephesians chapter 5, starting in verse 15, going to verse 17. And as you're turning there, I want to give us some context about Ephesians. This is Paul's letter to the church or the saints at Ephesus. And I want you to use your imagination and try to be present, be there as the reading of this letter of Paul to the Ephesians. And prior to chapter 5, I want to give us some context. Starting in chapter 1, he says that God has given us every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places. That he has chosen us before the foundation of the world. That we and the saints of old have redemption through the blood of Christ and forgiveness for our trespasses. The Apostle Paul minds, reminds us that when we heard the gospel, when the saints of old heard the gospel of salvation and they believed in Jesus Christ, that they were sealed with the promised Holy Spirit. And they were saved by grace through faith, which was not a work of their own, but a free gift of God. 
He tells them in Ephesians 2.10 that we and they are God's workmanship. We are God's workmanship created in Christ Jesus for good works which God has prepared beforehand that they should walk in, that you and I as believers should walk in. In Ephesians 3.4, Paul prays that the Ephesians, that they would be strengthened by the Spirit of God. And that Christ would dwell in their hearts and that they would know the breadth and the length and the width and the height of God's love. And that they would walk in a manner, listen to this, walk in a manner worthy of their calling. Emphasizing to them, and I emphasize to us as believers today, that we are not like the culture that surrounds us. We are not like we used to be. We are not who we were before we knew Christ Jesus as our Lord and our Savior. We were once in darkness. They were once in darkness, the Apostle Paul says, but now you are in the light. And he urges them to be imitators. We are urged in each other today be imitators of God and walk in the love of Christ even as he has loved us and gave himself for us are you with me now Ephesians 5 15 we're going to pick up there and it says this look carefully then how you walk knowing this context that we just went over look carefully then how you walk not as unwise but as wise Making the best use of your time because the days are evil. Therefore, do not be foolish, but understand what the will of the Lord is. Look carefully then how you walk, not as unwise, but as wise. Walk wisely. Walk carefully. This means to walk accurately with precision. The King James Version says this, that see then that you walk circumspectly. This means to walk carefully or walk in a prudent manner. Carefully consider all of the circumstances or all of the consequences of your walk. And oftentimes, y'all, as, as, as just people, we tend to just live and not pay attention to what we are doing or what is going on or how we're going about our life, not paying close enough attention to what the Lord is calling us to do. Remember the Apostle Paul said, live in a manner worthy of your calling, but we tend not to live with accuracy or with precision. A lot of times we live based upon our emotions. Can I get an amen? We make decisions based upon emotion, how we feel at a particular time. And I know this is probably more true for the men in the house this morning, because I know it is for me, according to my wife, Robin Turner, who will be here later. So, you know, she says that I make emotional decisions. She always says, don't do that. I said, well, honey, I really like this. I've thought about it. I think we need to move on this. I need to, we need to, to purchase this or we need to make this decision. It makes me feel right. I just got a good feeling. And Robin said, hold on, pal. Let's get the mind of the Lord. Let's pray about this. Let's submit it to him first. And ten times out of ten, my wife is right. Ten times out of ten, not nine, it's ten. She's right. Fellas, listen to your wife. It's all the emotion. Emotion is not well thought out. It's not prayed about. It's just a feeling. It's just how we feel on that day. It's not with precision. It's not with accuracy. And then it's times we make decisions based upon what other people think. 
or what's popular or what's trendy or what's trending. We make decisions based upon what makes me look good or feel good instead of making a decision based on what the Lord says do. We do this in our Christian walk. We live careless rather than careful. We live thoughtless instead of thoughtful. We make decisions at times based upon not sound counsel and not godly wisdom or direction. Remember in Jeremiah 29, 11 says, For I know the plans that I have for you, declares the Lord. Not declares Scott, not declares my feelings, not declares how I think. No, I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord. Plans to prosper you and not to harm you. Plans to give you a hope and a future. So we, as a result, must walk carefully. We must walk circumspectly, not in fear, not in trepidation, but in wisdom. Paying close attention to what the Lord is doing in your life. God is the one that holds the blueprint of your life in his hand. Are you attentive? Are you observant and paying attention of what the Lord is doing? This requires spending time in God's presence. It doesn't just happen. In order for us to be attentive to what God is doing, in order for us to be observant in how God is moving, we have to spend time with him, time in his presence, time in his word, time in prayer, time in fellowship. The Bible says your word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my pathway. But are we spending time in God's word? Are we spending time in meditating in the scriptures? Are we spending time in in bowing before God in prayer? Are we spending time outside? And y'all, this is a beautiful picture today of Sunday morning. But outside of Sunday morning, are you fellowshipping with other believers to get the mind and the heart of God for encouragement on what God is doing? God can speak to you by way of his Holy Spirit, by way of his word, by way of circumstance, and by way of other believers. But the question is, are we paying attention? Are you in close enough communion with God? Are you seeking him in order to recognize his direction in your life? Rick Warren from Saddleback Church, he said this, we often miss hearing what God is saying simply because we are not paying attention. Henry Nguyen, who used to be a Dutch theologian of yesteryear, he said, paying attention to the people God puts in your path if you want to discern what God is up to you in your life. Pay attention to the God is bringing around you. Be careful who you hang around. Don't shun the people that God places with you because he can discern, you can discern what God is up to by the people that you hang around. Amen? Are you stretching toward what God is doing? Are your ears attentive to his word by way of his Holy Spirit, the preaching of the gospel, your time and meditation? Are you leaning toward, is your mind stretching toward the things of God? Are you paying attention? When I was a rookie in the NFL, looking at how the scripture says, walk carefully from point A to point B. It's what we do. Between here and there, that's important. As we're walking, what are we doing from point to point? 
Are we just walking haphazardly? Are we just strolling? Or are we precise and accurate? When I was a rookie at the Redskins, and for those of who don't know, I used to play in the NFL uh, in a, in a long time ago, from 1995 to 2004. And I played for the Washington Redskins, the Denver Broncos, and the San Diego Chargers. You know, the Redskins are now called the Commanders, which I'm still bitter about that. Anyway, that's a, that's a personal thing. <laughs> I know the Cowboys are playing the Commanders today, correct? It's at 325, so I don't want to see anybody leaving early. I know what's happening. But when I was playing for the Redskins, there was an old veteran there. His name was Daryl Green. Daryl Green was a corner, played 20 years in the NFL. He's in the Hall of Fame. He was in his 13th year, and I was in my rookie year. He was 36. I was 23. How many know he had a lot of wisdom? He said, come train with me, rookie. I said, okay. <laughs> he was old school in his training method. He didn't like to go to the gym. He thought that weights made him too bulky, too tight, so he couldn't run. And so he used to like to run heels like this and a track, 400 meters. And so he took me to George Mason University, and we would train. He said, okay, I'm going to show you what to do. And so he began to do these drills on the hill. And I said, okay, I got it. And so as soon as we commenced to train, I would just take off and run as fast as I could, do everything as fast as I could, backpedal, turn, run. And, and finally he said, hold on, time out, stop. He said, it's not about how fast you can go. It's not about the quantity. It's about the quality. He said, you have to be precise in what you're doing. You have to be accurate in what you're doing. Don't just run to run. Don't just backpedal to backpedal. You have to have an end goal in mind. Don't just turn to turn, but turn knowing that today you're training, but tomorrow you'll be covering Michael Irvin, Randy Moss. You'll be covering, you know, Dan Elway, so have the end in mind. Are y'all with me? When you live, you got to have the end in mind. As Christians, we have to walk circumspectly. We have to walk carefully. We have to walk precisely and accurately, making the best use of our time. And so when we would run this way, and he taught me this, every step I took, I knew, man, boom, that's for Randy Moss. Boom, that's for Michael Irvin. Boom, that's for Herschel Walker. Yeah. <laughs> Thank y'all for going back with me for a minute. That wasn't in my script. But anyway, so we would train, and we would burn like a 1,000 calories. And then we would leave, and then we'd go to Popeye's Chickens. <laughs> they don't do that today. But like I said, he was old school. Now they, got, they have nutritionists and personal trainers. But on the record... We were a lot tougher than these guys today. But anyway, we're going to move on. They got billion-dollar facilities. We ate out of a kerosene deal with a little blue lamp on the bottom. <laughs> Let me get on. So are you being precise? Are you being exact with your actions and careful with your words, meticulous with your decisions? Are you living intentionally with the end in mind, with a divine purpose? Remember, God created you for a specific purpose. In Psalm 139, 13 through 16, and you can read it here, you formed me 
my inward parts. You knit me together in my mother's womb. I praise you, for I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Wonderful are your works. My soul knows it very well. Verse 15. My frame was not hidden from you when I was being made in secret, intricately woven in the depths of the earth. Your eyes saw my unformed substance in your book. They were written, every one of them. What? The days that were formed for me when as yet there was none of them. God formed each of us. He formed you. He formed me very carefully, very meticulously, with intentionality. He made good use of the time when he, when he crafted us, when he created us. He did not waste time when he made you for a specific purpose. And knowing this, why would we live in a careless, faultless, uh, uh, haphazard way, knowing that God in heaven has particularly or meticulously and particular and carefully made you for a divine purpose. Are y'all with me? God is a precise God. He's an accurate God. He's a meticulous God. He carefully wove you in the womb of your mother. He didn't waste time. Oh, and let me say this, by the way, irregardless of what people have said to you in the past, present, or future, you are special. You are unique. You do matter. You are carefully and meticulously made. It doesn't matter what somebody has spoken over you, people that have said bad things to you. Your Father in heaven loves you. You are not wasted. You are not trash. You are purposeful. You are beautiful. You are unique. Are y'all following me? That's who you are. In him. Live as such. Walk wisely, not as unwisely. Look at Ephesians 5, verse 15. Don't walk as an unwise man, walk as a wise man. Show experience, show knowledge, show good judgment. That's what walking wisely is. If you have experienced a true uh, a conversion and true repentance in Christ, if you've experienced this, then live in such a way. The fruit of your life ought to line up with that repentance. You ought to be who you say you are. Your life, the fruit of your life should bear witness with this. You have knowledge of who Jesus is. You have knowledge of who you are in him. You have knowledge of what his word says and how his word instructs you to live. That's living with wisdom. That's living wisely. I have been converted. I know Jesus as my Lord and my Savior. I have a true repentant experience. I know what his word says about me. I know what his word says about him. And because of all that, I have good judgment and I can live as such. That is walking as a wise man, as a wise woman. Is everybody with that? That's what the word says. Live wisely. Proverbs 3.13 says, Blessed is the one who finds wisdom and the one who gets understanding. For the gain from her is better than silver, and her profit is better than gold. Walk in wisdom. Walk wisely. Not unwisely. Make the best use of your time, Ephesians 5, 16. Why? Because the days are evil. When you think about what does it mean to make the best use of your time, what comes to your mind when you think about that? A few things that I say that are, are commonplace. 
When people say a, best, a, a good use of my time is, you know what, I'm always busy. I have things lined up. I have a great to-do list. Every hour of my day is accounted for. I know what I'm doing every minute, every hour, every second of the day. I'm busy doing Christian work. I'm busy doing the work of the Lord. I'm busy doing this or I'm busy doing that. I'm not wasting time. But, y'all, is that really walking carefully? I read, I saw somebody the other day, they said, man, every hour of my day is accounted for. And I'm thinking to myself, if every hour of our day, your day and mine is accounted for, how are we looking carefully? How are we walking carefully? Where is God? Are we paying attention to what God is doing? And we've all been guilty of saying, man, I'm busy, busy, busy. Busyness will rob you. We have to pay attention to what God is doing. Take time to sit before him. Take time to meditate on his word. Take time to listen to the Lord for the direction that he has for your life. Some would say a good use of the time is, you know what, I'm just relaxing. I'm just happy and comfortable. Is this the end goal? To relax and to be happy? And comfortable, is that the ultimate goal that you and I have? When it talks about living wisely and taking good use of our time, that's not very wise. The Apostle Paul says the days are evil. There's no time to just relax. Yes, there's time for relaxation, and we should. We should get rest. God commands us to rest. But to have a life goal of I'm just going to relax and chill. No, this is a call of urgency. There's real enemies out here. The world, the flesh, and the devil. They are real. I don't say all of this to scare us. I don't say all of this to make us cower back because the Bible says we're more than conquerors through Christ Jesus. But you and I have to recognize the days that we live in and use wisdom and precision and grow and actively move in our relationship with the Lord, not just cruising, not just sitting, not just relaxing. We can't waste time in this way. God says get focused, live in a manner worthy of your calling, stick to the mission that God has for you. And yes, if you're in your, in, in your years to where you may not be working full time, you're doing something. Are you growing in your relationship with Christ? If you're a young person, say, well, I just go to school. Hey, use that accurately. Use it for God. Don't waste time. God said, hey, this is a call to action, a clarion call. Is the church with me today? A call to action. Urgency. This is what we need to do with our time. The Bible says redeem the time. Take back that which is stolen. Remember before you were saved, before you were with Christ, before you lived for Jesus, we wasted so much time in disobedience, in sin, and living hopelessly. But now that we're with Christ and we've been redeemed by his blood, we're no longer slaves to sin, but we've been redeemed and captured by God. What are we doing with the time that we have now? Ephesians 2, 12, uh, 12 and 13 says, Remember, at the time you were separated from Christ, alienated from the commonwealth of Israel and strangers to the covenant of promise, 
having no hope and without God. But verse 13 says, but now in Jesus, you who were once far off have been brought near by the blood of Jesus. There was a time in the life of every believer, none of us in here cannot say this, every believer that we were separated from Jesus. We were lost. We were living without hope, living in sin. But his blood has brought us near. The blood he shed on Calvary has brought us near to him and with relationship with him. And as a result, we have to live wisely, redeem the time. Use it for God's glory and his purpose. The days are indeed evil. There's no detail needed here, no pontification needed. It's an ungodly time that we live in. These days are evil. The culture that we live in, we are not like the culture that surrounds us. The perversity, the carnality, and all of those things that we see around us. We serve a mighty, awesome, and holy God. And he is calling us to live wisely, to redeem the time, to pursue him, and to run after him. Use this time to preach the gospel, to share your faith with people around you. Use this time as a body of Christ to unite as the army of salvation that God is raising up to save the world. Use this time to be a witness to somebody that's right. Y'all, there are lost people. Around us, everywhere we go, students in school, there are people looking at you. What do they see? You call yourself a Christian. You profess Christianity. You go to Bible study, choir rehearsal, you go to church. But when people see you, young and old here today, what do they actually see? Do they see the power of God? Do they see the presence of God? Do they see the mercy of God? Do they see the grace of God in your life? What are they seeing when they see you? Are they seeing the same you in public as they see in private? Are they seeing you respond in a godly fashion to things that may not go your way? Are they seeing godly humility in you to say, man, I have not always been like this. I was once lost, but now I'm found. I was once in darkness, but now I am light. Are you one of those people who say, man, I came out the womb saved? Well, guess what? You didn't. The Bible says, for all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. We all need a Savior. When people see you, what do they see? Who are you keeping from coming to Christ? Are you using this time to tell people about Jesus? Are you using this time to live in such a way that people want to know and glorify your Father in heaven? We all have to take inventory. We all have to ask ourselves, what do people see? What am I doing with the time and the walk that I have in Jesus? When people see Scott Turner, do they see Scott Turner the man or do they see the Holy Spirit of God who lives in me humbly before God that they too want to know this Jesus that I talk about? Take inventory. The fruit of the righteous is a tree of life in Proverbs 11.30. And whoever captures wins souls. Are you winning souls today? How you spending your time? How you walking? I believe it's a great practice to take inventory of our life with God. I believe it's a great practice to take an assessment. Where am I with Jesus? Especially in this new year. Ask yourself, how's my relationship with Christ? If you're a believer in here this morning, 
Ask yourself, am I truly surrendered to Jesus? Am I truly committed to him? Is the fruit of my life bear witness with true repentance and conversion? And if the answer is no, then the next question is ask yourself, well, why not? What's keeping you? What holes need to be filled? What loops need to be closed? What is it in your life that's causing you not to just be saved but to live fully surrendered to Christ? And if you hear this one, you say, well, Pastor Scott, I've heard of Jesus. I know the Jesus that you're talking about, but I'm not saved. I don't have a relationship with him. I haven't gone through repentance or conversion. If that's you here this morning, then praise the Lord that you are in the house of God today to hear the gospel of Jesus Christ. Because the Bible says today is a day of God's favor. Today is a day of salvation. Ask yourself, if you're not saved, if you haven't received him, why not? What are we waiting on? What's going to help you cross the line or get over the hump or get over the hurdle? Is it a bad experience from a church or a bad experience from a Christian? Don't let that hold you. God has a plan for you. You want to live wisely, you must know Jesus. You want to live circumspectly, you you must know God. If you want to live carefully, if you want to be a blessing and be fruitful, then you must know Jesus as your Lord and your Savior. It is that simple. Today is your day. We got to all take inventory. We got to all ask ourselves, what am I doing with the time that God has given me? What am I doing with the days that God has given me? To live. You got to know the will of God. When you say, well, Pastor God, how do I know God's will? Pray. Pray. Lord, what is your will? Not just what is your will for my life, but Lord, what is your will? Get on your knees before God in prayer and pray and ask God, Lord, what is your will? Show me your will. The Bible says, never cease praying in James 5, 16. The effectual fervent prayer of the righteous availeth much. Keep praying. Keep believing. Lord, I want to know your will. Submit to him in prayer. Lord, I want to know your will. Obey his word. Did y'all see that young man from Buffalo Bills? DeMar Hamlin? We've all been watching. A routine tackle. He stands up, and a few seconds later, he collapsed on the field. They had to resuscitate him on the field of play. It was a horrifying scene for the players and for the coaches who was there. I've been in football for 40 years, and I've never seen that. This man laying on the field of play fighting for his life, and y'all, did you see what the players and the coaches did? They didn't just huddle up and say, hey, y'all, let's see what we can, can we pray, is it okay? They didn't call the TV station. They didn't call the major sponsors. They didn't get permission from the government, from the speaker of the house or the mayor. No, they said, man, they fell to their knees in adoration and prayer, beseeching God for the healing and restoration of this young man. I could see it in my head. How many know prayer works? And now we see this young man. He talked to his family. He talked to the team. He asked who won the game. But in that moment, 
The Bible says God places eternity inside of the heart of every man. In that moment, what happened? They fell to their knees in prayer. Yesterday for the games, the teams came together to pray. Everybody said, oh, you can't pray on the field? You can, oh, yes, you can. And we will. The effects of fervent prayer to righteous avails much. You want to know the will of God? Pray. Commit to prayer. And obey. God is doing something in your life. Are you paying attention? Do you recognize him? Do you see him moving? Do you see him, hear him speaking? The days are evil, but God is holy. Live wisely, not unwisely. The best use of your time and mine is to understand the will of the Lord. And to understand the will of the Lord is the best use of your time. Amen? Live wisely, not unwisely. Redeem the time. Knowing that the days are evil, but understand what the will of the Lord is in your life. God has a special plan for you. Go get it. Don't just backpedal up the hill for just to backpedal. But backpedal with a purpose. Don't just run around and try to run, but run with the end in mind. Don't just live to live, but live knowing that God in heaven has a specific purpose for your life. Amen? Y'all, if you're here today and you don't know Jesus, I want you to know him today. Everybody in this church that has experienced that wants you to know Jesus for yourself. That's what really matters here today is that Jesus becomes Lord and Savior of your life. Can the church say amen? Let's stand together for our time of invitation, please. The Bible says, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. That whosoever shall believe in him will not perish but have everlasting life. Do you know this Jesus for yourself? Today is the day you can receive him. Our ministers will be here uh, at the altar. We can pray with you. We can walk with you. We can answer questions for you. We're not going to embarrass you. We want to walk with you. If you want to know Jesus, today is your day. Don't leave out of here not knowing what your future holds. Don't leave out of here not having a secure future and being saved in Christ Jesus. Do not leave here today without that. This is God's house. We welcome you. Maybe you say, well, I want to join Presswood. Come on. Come join. Be a part of the mission and the work of the church. Be a part of the mission and bringing the gospel to the people of God, to people around us that don't know him. Maybe you want to get baptized. You haven't been baptized in believer's baptism. We welcome you. We'll take you. Pastor Connor and others will take you in the water and go to believer's baptism as an outward profession of your faith. Maybe you need to pray. The altar is open. Whatever it is that God is leading you to do today, do it. Obey him. Let's pray. Father, we thank you. We thank you for your love. We thank you for your mercy and your grace. We thank you, Father, for these, your precious children. Now, Father, we pray that you would bring those forward, Father God, that want to know you as Lord and Savior. Father God, we pray against any hindrance, Father, to keep them. Father, we pray, Lord, you would tear down every wall, every barrier, Father God, that would keep them from coming. Lord, bring them in the name of Jesus. Lord, we thank you for those who want to be baptized. 
those that want to join the church. Father, even those that want to be, just pray, God, bring your children, Lord Jesus. This is your time of invitation. We love you. We thank you for your word. Father, have your way. In Jesus' name. Everybody say it. Amen.